Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about whether hell is canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and whether to, I guess, cross-paraphrase Odin in Jean-Paul Sartre, hell is not a place, it is another people. Nice pronunciation. Well, it was all over the place, I think. Almost nailed it. Sartre. Sartre. I'm Eric Voss. Hey, here with me to journey through the MCU afterlife is Marino Mastros. I'm back, guys. Welcome back, Marino. Thank you. I'm halfway alive. Well, fitting, because that's what hey, we're talking about go. today. Right on the cusp of our real life where we did what happens to us. <laughs> I don't think you were ever truly at death's door. We don't want to worry our viewers too much, but uh, we're happy to see you uh, semi-healthy, healthy enough to to be back on New Rockstar. Oh, yes, I'm happy to be here. Um, Eric, I have a question for you, though. Uh-oh. How does the afterlife work in the MCU? Yes, a very good question, especially now that Black Panther 2 is kind of moving forward with production this summer. A producer on the series confirming that they're not going to be trying to recreate the late Chadwick Boseman's likeness with VFX. Thank boss. Yeah, honestly. No, we would not want to yeah. see that. But uh, this brings up the question of Black Panther, you know, more than any other MCU installment has totally embraced that Absolutely. idea of death, of spirituality, the afterlife. And yeah, I think whatever they do with this movie, they're going to have to lean more into what the ancestral plane mm -hmm. is and in order to know what's coming up we should dig into this question yeah. of what happens or how based on the real world is the MCU version of the afterlife well going through the MCU as of now we have seen seven established versions of the afterlife in MCU canon but also on top of that there's like two or three additional sort of realms or afterlives that we might be able to infer based on clues or things that might be afterlife-y <laughs> Um, so uh, we're going to break down all of these to see if any of these could be the same afterlife or if there's any crossover, if we can group any of these together to make any big statements about what happens when an Avenger dies. And even though there's seven of them, Eric and I won't be getting into any. No, we won't. Uh, unless it's the dark yeah, ones yeah, yeah. and we're already yep. in them. All right. <laughs> let's start with the big one that we know about the ancestral plane from uh, the Black Panther film, the Wakandan afterlife. Mm -hmm. So the ancestral plane of Wakanda is based on Dejalia in the Black Panther comics. It's a spiritual realm where the Black Panther can commune with uh, their ancestors. And the plane seems only accessible by those who consume the heart-shaped herb and they get buried, right? Yeah. Which is supposed to symbolize your death, your crossing over. I think it might still be an afterlife for all Wakandans because... Njobu, Killmonger's dad, is there. And he was never a Black Panther. He was part of the royal lineage. Yeah. But he was not a Black Panther. He never consumed the heart-shaped okay. herb. Okay, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. And you also, if all Wakandans get to go there, I'm pretty sure they all get to turn into panthers because they were all cats when they jumped off the tree. That's right. That's kind of part of it, right? It's this, uh, that's how T'Challa saw them. They, it was this kind of this interesting subjective quality, right? That you commune with the souls that are important to you in this moment. It doesn't seem like it's a uh, an actual just party where all these ghosts are hanging out together before you get there. They seem to be anchored to where they were buried. So T'Challa sees T'Chaka, who was buried in Wakanda with those ancestors, but Killmonger sees Njobu. But the version right. of that is their Oakland mm -hmm. apartment because that's where he was buried. He says he was abandoned in right. Oakland. So I think that's an interesting take on the afterlife is that <clears throat> it is specifically tailored for the person who is visiting it in that moment. It's not an external realm that exists before you and go And that there. makes sense just like in general if you're taking if you're creating a whole world and an entire society they would have their own religious beliefs and those 
beliefs would be reflective of the ones that exist in real life. And that is how a lot of real cultures perceive the afterlife. Yes, it's it's not a place that exists before you get there. It is a place, it's an experience mm-hmm. that is a, a, a transitional thing that is meant to help you embrace the fact that you don't need to be part of a corporeal world yeah. anymore, you know? And speaking of that, that brings us to our, our second uh, afterlife-esque thing that we've seen, the astral dimension yeah. of uh, the Doctor Strange film, the Sorcerer Realm, which mm-hmm. kind of tells us that there is an existence of souls in the MCU and you know that's interesting because it tells us a bit about where they go. has to be because it's in multiple films in multiple different versions but I like that they let everybody experience it in their own way but it's I mean uh-huh. it's like definite for me. It, it exists and uh, many actually believe the ancestral plane of the Black Panther is the same thing as the astral dimension of Doctor oh. Strange because yeah they do kind of work similarly. Yeah. Souls of the living detach from their corporeal bodies and commune with other souls. Mm-hmm. But the big difference is that the sorcerer's soul appears to disappear the moment of their corporeal death. So when the ancient one flatlines her soul vanished from that astral dimension. Doctor Strange was left alone. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that the astral dimension is less of an afterlife than it is like a parallel plane to the mortal yeah, world. Yeah, and also you can get there before you die and sort yes. of float around. Have we explored where you go? Because she disappears, but we don't know if that means she's gone forever because she maybe she can come back into that parallel universe. We don't know. We don't know. Um, and from what we can tell, obviously death is not necessarily final in the MCU. People come mm-hmm. back in all kinds of forms, whether it's through a multiverse alternate reality or uh, in WandaVision's case, yeah. whatever that's going to end up being rebooted, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, with Tony Stark, with certain other characters, there is like another precipice on the other side of these transitional realms mm-hmm. to where it is just bliss. It is just nothing. And Aww. we can't understand that as humans, but it, it's, it could be a great thing. It could be a scary thing. Well, we'll get more into that because there's, there's some things that kind of start to broach that subject. Yeah. Starting with... The soul realm. Yeah. This is the orange colored soul dimension uh, that we saw in Infinity War and Endgame mm-hmm. when uh, when characters use all six stones to at the same time to destroy or to bring back souls. They briefly enter this orange colored plane and it's described as, uh, the word used was an, an existential way station. That's what the filmmakers called it. And it's before they either move on or before they return to reality. So Thanos met with Gamora when she yeah. was a young girl, that form. And then a Tony Stark, this was in a deleted scene, he met with Morgan Stark as an older young Thank woman. You. And the filmmakers actually said they considered a scene which Banner, when he snapped everyone back, would have met with the soul of Natasha Ooh. in that moment. That would have tugged everyone's heartstrings. Yeah, that would have been great. And, you know, the VFX artists working on it didn't really understand fully what it meant. They, you know, when they worked yeah. on Infinity War at one point, they considered making the fluid surface to be an ocean of blood for Thanos. Uh, and the filmmakers are like, um, no, no, this will just all be taking place in kind of this fluid <laughs> space that's inside the soul stone. They were like, but uh, you don't want an ocean of blood? I don't understand. He's like, all right, we're going to save the ocean of yeah. blood for another movie because we're using the ocean yeah. of blood. <laughs> it's going in somewhere. But the fact that this is kind of inside the soul stone, you could argue it's like kind of a pocket reality mm-hmm. that is opened up by the soul stone that you briefly mm-hmm. enter. So what's important about this is like the ancestral plane, like the astral dimension, the soul realm appears to be temporary. Oh. It's not a permanent afterlife. It's kind of like an ethereal plane that's, you know, again, constructed for a soul to transition to process what's happening to them before they return to the living world or they move on to the other uh, side. You might parallel it to like the concept of purgatory. Yeah, purgatory or limbo. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's for a lot of people that is what the afterlife is, especially if you watch something like The Good Place mm-hmm. without yeah. spoiling that series. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, The Good Place, once you do eventually see it, people are like, well, then what's next? What is after right. this? Well, what is after this is just bliss. It's just letting go of everything no longer existing. And that's okay. It's just the Blue uh, Dungeon. It, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You jumped to the end. You knew where this was going. I knew Eric's it. There. I freaking knew yeah. it. Da, 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 da. All right, let's move on to our fourth afterlife in the MCU. We have not actually seen this, but it exists. Valhalla. This is the uh, Norse version of the afterlife in the Thor movies. We never went there, but we saw people go to it. Odin and his wife Frigga both ascended to Valhalla. Uh, They disintegrated into glowing particles and they floated up to the heavens. Now, Valhalla is reserved uniquely for Asgardians who die in combat. Mm. It's a warrior afterlife. In Norse mythology, half of the fallen warriors are led by the Valkyries to Valhalla while the other half go to the goddess uh, Freya's field Folkvang <laughs> Nailed it Sartre <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was close to a Sartre yeah. and I like this idea of a, of a warrior afterlife because in Thor the Dark World Frigga died in combat yeah. she was a badass in that final moment that is what led to her passing on to Valhalla and Ragnarok Odin did not die in the heat of battle he did die of old age but that guy has fought his entire life traditionally Valhalla is his realm so I would say he's enough of a veteran to warrant that destination yeah. so here's where we meet, uh, reach kind of the interesting midpoint of even though it's the fifth one we're doing um the blip the blip is something right it is something i mean it has to be because you spend five years there so right it is where or what happened to all the dusted in infinity war and endgame where did the lonely souls go that disintegration of Odin does parallel the dusting disintegration of snap victims, suggesting, you know, this idea of fading into death. However, where the blip victims went remains a mystery. It's presumed they were just transferred directly to the idea of non-existence. No limbo, no purgatory, just skip directly to death, you know? (laughs) Fast pass. But then Peter Parker returned in Endgame and he described the experience of Tony Stark as having no memory of that intervening period. It was just like one second he dusted, the next he was back and Doctor Strange is like come on we gotta go fight and it's interesting in the Infinity Gauntlet comic that Infinity War is based on Rick Jones gets snapped away and when he returns he says that he met Elvis so that would imply you went somewhere right? Oh my god does that imply that Elvis also got snapped and was still alive at the time? Oh yeah Infinity Gauntlet comic it's crazy Elf uh, Alf shows up (laughs) in the Infinity Gauntlet comics like celebrities snap it's it's like the leftovers where they're like the Pope snap Gary Busey snap you know, it's, it's insane. Now, I'm going to mention this, even though it's not MCU canon, you know, Netflix, Daredevil, Punisher Universe, The Defenders on Netflix. When Black Sky returns, resurrected by the hand, Alexandra tells her, quote, you were born, you lived and died, and what you saw on the other side... The darkness, the absence of everything. It's horrifying, isn't it? So that darkness could be referring to some of what of these other things we've seen in the MCU. And I bring this up, Marina, because so far we've been talking about the positive afterlives, right. the good places. <laughs> They're all kind of warm, ethereal, family reuniting, transitory. But the blip represents a kind of just neutral yeah. death. Uh, again, you do not pass go. You just go directly <laughs> to death. But now we move on to the MCU afterlives that are kind of jails. They're, they're negative. They're bad yeah. places. Ones that offer actually more tangible 
comfortable but permanent prisons. And we'll start here with the uh, the sixth afterlife we know about, the Dark Dimension. <laughs> yeah. This is the timeless dimension of Dormammu in the Doctor Strange film. It's a parallel plane of reality in which chaos reigns. And you get f***ed up makeup. When you go there and you come back, oh, yeah. your makeup gets up. Oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Your mascara yeah. is running all over your Just. face and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> and when Caecilius and his uh, zealots get sucked in there, their souls get transformed into these mindless gray husks. Yeah. And if you were to ask people on the street, really on the street? if you were to go jaywalking and say, what do you think hell is? Oh my God. Yes, this is so hard. I bet you'd get four out of 10 people be like, uh, a psychedelic space where everything's glowing and I can't think and it's forever. And it's like, oh, you mean the dark dimension? They're like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and they're all from the South. That would be my first yeah. guess too. Yes, there you go, take it. Yes. That's what I would consider hell to be. But you know, for people who love black light posters, they might think <laughs> it's heaven. <laughs> Get him, Eric. Get him. Losers and your Spencer's <laughs> gifts and your black light bulbs. That was me. I was that was me. I was like, yes, fill my room with black lights. And they're like, you know what, normal bulbs. I'm like, no, everything's gonna be I'm purple. Moody. And I screwed. And it's like, oh no, everything's glowing. <laughs> gross, gross, gross. Okay, but yeah, at the end of the day, still this is terrifying. And in the MCU, we got dangerously close to losing everything we know and love to that. Yeah. So uh, it's scary. everybody almost turned into a pillar of salt or whatever, gray, dusty salt. Oh yeah, that's hell. That is hell, except this version of hell, number seven, hell, H-E-L, just one L. That was Hela's banishment yeah. realm that we saw in the Thor movies. This is a place Hela was banished to. Uh, it is actually a region within Niflheim. Nailed it. One of the nine realms. Now, presumably, Marina, hell was named after Hela got there because it would be weird that yeah. Hela would exist before and then Hela would just be named after this place but then would get sent there. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like naming your son Rikers and be like, yeah. you know where you're going. <laughs> she landed like Jack Skellington in Christmas Town and looked up and it just said Hela and she was like, <laughs> and she sang a song. So Odin banished Hela to hell thousands of years ago and it's a bunch of bullshit because she shouldn't have gotten banished there. She was just doing what Thor did, yeah. but she was a woman and that's why she got banished. It's a bunch of bullshit. And I have made the case that Hela was the most misunderstood villain. She would have been great as a ruler of Asgard. She just didn't have great diplomacy and didn't care about trying to win over hearts and minds. She also got done dirty in the wig department in that movie. Like they yeah. just did her. Well, I don't know. I love those antlers. Oh, the antlers, yes. But whenever she had like real hair, I was like, ooh, girl. Oh, just the. They did just you the dirty with that. Yeah. But yes, Eric, thank you for speaking up because she got done dirty yeah. and she would have been great. I love Hela. Yeah. I want her to come back. She needs to be the new, like, uh, Loki in all of these movies. Oh, like, Hela's. Yes. But she's Blanchette. She's like, I'll do one of these and then you gotta <laughs> so, like, okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. So she was stuck down there for thousands of years. She tried to escape once, she failed, and then she did escape again after Odin crowed. Now, uh, again, kind of like the astral dimension, this version of hell is not really an afterlife. It's just kind of a prison. Like, Hela was still alive down yeah. there. She didn't return there, I don't think, when she died in Ragnarok. So that is our, our seventh one. But that brings us to what we think is coming up. Some other possible afterlifes that have been implied based off of what we know and where things are going. Hell two L's in the MCU. So this would be a more traditional version of hell and it might exist going forward in the MCU. It could be tied to the fire and brimstone aesthetic of the realm Muspelheim. And you know, remember the opening sequence of Ragnarok, mm -hmm. but if Mephisto exists, so must hell yeah, in the MCU. That's interesting. Yes, it is. And it's so 
fucking cool because we're gonna get Ghost Rider from there. We're gonna get everything supernatural and demonic coming from there. Hopefully it's gonna tie into WandaVision. Now, technically, Mephisto does exist in the MCU. If you consider everything on screen in the MCU to be canon, Mephisto showed up as a barely visible piece of text Easter egg on a file in the very first Avengers film. This is before that they knew exactly how they're gonna adapt Infinity <laughs> Gauntlet. Maybe that's why it was put in there. They laid their bed and now they have to lie in it. Yeah, as I said, many of us think that Mephisto might be behind what we're seeing in WandaVision. Hopefully that will be what we see going forward. That might be behind why Scott Derrickson left from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because they wouldn't let him bring in hell into that because it would cause problems if they tried to market Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in China and they don't like yeah, hell things in their right, movies. Yeah. You know, because they're, you know, culture, their folklore and, and various censorship reasons, but they can do it on Disney Plus. Disney Plus isn't going to be in China. And that's maybe why they moved it into WandaVision. We'll, yeah. we'll find out. We'll see. Now, I also want to talk about the quantum realm. The quantum realm obviously exists in the MCU. Yeah. Hard to describe as an afterlife because it really doesn't have anything to do with death or spirituality, but uh, it does remain the biggest what the f mystery box uh, currently in the MCU. So sure, uh, that could be what the MCU considers an afterlife if they were to say everything beyond this plane is the quantum realm. I'm thinking they might also merge it with the negative zone yeah. from Fantastic Four. There's a lot of things they could do with it and they could also say that's also where you go when you die. Well, I mean, <laughs> if nothing else, you can exist there and time doesn't function the same. So that in that's itself, right. you could argue that that in itself is a sort of afterlife. Yeah, it's a kind of afterlife. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last one we're going to talk about is the Cancerverse. Uh, so in the Abnett and Lanny in Marvel Comics following characters like Quasar, the new Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Nova, there is this crazy because comics dimension called the Cancerverse. There are these cosmic entities called the Many Angled Ones. I love it. <laughs> uh, they found a way to defeat death and give eternal life. But in this dimension, every inhabitant is corrupted in a way that makes this kind of universe-wide living corpse, thus the Cancerverse. Yeah. It's insane. Now, there were some theories in the MCU that that one shot of Meredith Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy, Meredith died from brain yeah. cancer, could be her kind of soul reaching out from the cancerverse. I think James Gunn debunked it. Uh. But in the way that she reached out to Peter Quill in the moment, he saw her. He said, Mom, there was something that he was in. If you want to call that the ancestral plane or the astral dimension Ooh, yeah. or that limbo state, yeah. he was in a different state of consciousness yeah. there. Yeah. You could argue that these are all just like the same thing, but coming through with different representations of like who you are and also yes this is crazy because like never underestimate the connection of a mom with her kid Mommy's coming, little Billy. There's like real, mm -hmm. real ass stories where something happens to your kid and a mom will much later like realize that she woke up at the exact time that something was happening. And it's like, that oh, yeah. shit's real. And I'm glad they like bothered to include it. And I think because it's so real is why it's so impactful when mm -hmm. we see that in a film. Yeah. You know, these movies, that's why I think why we love the Marvel yeah. movies. They aren't just comic book Easter eggs. They have these human moments that like transcend just like simple plot action boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's real moments of connection yeah. that are beautiful. And Marina, you make such an interesting point, right? The MCU versions of the afterlife are all kind of connected in that yeah. way. They might all be the same type of good place or the same type of bad place. The whole time! Think about it. They all have that in common. They're all kind of transitioning, mm -hmm. warm family reunions. You could argue that each of them are just what the dying person yeah. sees when they're about to cross mm -hmm. over. And on the other side of that, 
is that bliss. It's that kind of good place walking through the forest Blue gate. Dungeon. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what they all have in common. The ancestral plane, the astral dimension, the soul realm, Valhalla. They they could all just be different words of the same yeah. thing. But what's cool about this, and what I'm excited for, all the bad afterlife yeah. are all also the same they're all tangible Ooh. places that you get trapped in they're all prisons they're all vivid and they're all scary and they tell us going forward that hell if all these things are just shades of hell is going to be very real in the mcu and real things like ghost rider are gonna come charging out of those fiery gates <laughs> so get excited for it if nicholas cage comes back i'm gonna shit my pants it can't be nick cage hopefully he like has a cameo but it can't be nick cage wait 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 no. i just my phone fell down because you were so know, intense yeah. about nick cage eric i love you but i swear to god it's gonna be nick cage or bust <laughs> I think that's what Nick Cage screamed at you outside your window <laughs> yeah. last night. It's gotta be me! It's, gonna be me. <laughs> it's like when Samuel Jackson was like, I won't be in Snakes on a Plane unless it's called Snakes on a Plane. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane! And Nick Cage was like, it's gonna be me. The ghost of Ghost Rider is like, I'm not gonna let you put me yeah. in a movie unless yeah. Nick Cage is playing. Yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on uh, to some more questions. First, we want to thank our friends at Hawthorne. Whether you are treating yourself or shopping for someone on your list, finding the right holiday gift is tough. This holiday season, Hawthorne is making gift giving fun and simple. Hawthorne is a premium tailored personal care brand that makes it easy for guys to feel and smell their best. You start with their quiz. They ask you things like, what's your favorite drink? Or what kind of skin do you have? Or do you smoke? And I'm like, well, I can tell you that I don't smoke and that I like fruit juice, but I don't know what kind of skin that I have. And then you look at their options like, oh, I guess mine is kind of dry and sensitive because I get weird bumps in places. Um, <laughs> Eric, move on. Eric, move on. Eric, move on. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Uh, it was actually really, really easy to take this quiz. It took less time than I normally spend double checking to remember if I put on deodorant today. <laughs> it takes forever for me to determine that. Eric, move on. Uh, Eric, Eric. <laughs> the products they sent me were great. They sent me this whole box of stuff, but there's this body wash that like, this is the only body wash I want to use ever again it it smells so good and it's like they really did make something that's tailored for me this is exactly what i want to smell like it feels so good on my skin before this i was walking out of the shower feeling so dry and chalky you know throughout the day and sticky chalky. and itchy and now it's like no this is good this is what i should have felt all this time this is the way eric's been using face soap for body wash and every woman <laughs> in the world is like what are you doing it's a great way to build personalized gifts for the guys in your life and to show that you care enough to get them a gift tailored to their needs you're welcome uncle Doug. <laughs> Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super high quality products tailored specifically for men. Hawthorne even takes the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and returns. And if you don't like their products, they'll even retailer them based on your feedback. Get special offers for the holidays going on right now by visiting Hawthorne.co. That is H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O to check out their special holiday offers. Hawthorne.co. We also want to thank our friends at HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. They offer convenient, no-contact delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. HelloFresh's high-quality pre-portioned ingredients help you make meals that are both nutritious and so tasty, they're worth a trip to the dark dimension and back. <laughs> you can easily change your delivery days or your meal plan preferences. So you can skip a week whenever you need right on the HelloFresh app. Not long ago, I got this HelloFresh recipe for crispy buffalo 
spiced chicken with mashed potatoes and roasted carrots. They have this blue cheese sauce that went over it. It was really freaking good. It was like a Bechtold style Thanksgiving. <laughs> Felt like I was eating it with Uncle Tommy. Now, you might have heard me mention Green Chef recently. HelloFresh actually owns Green Chef and Every Plate, which allows them to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from. I love switching between these. Hello Chef, uh, one week, uh, Green Chef the other, when my tastes change or when I want to eat a little differently. Now my listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BigQuestion90 and use the code BigQuestion90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's $90 off and free shipping on your order when you go to HelloFresh.com slash BigQuestion90 and use the code BigQuestion90. If you eat what Eric eats at the same time that Eric eats it, then you become Eric. Yeah, I think we do a Freaky Friday and then that's the only way I'm going to escape from here. So please, please do this. Oh boy. Okay, now comes the time for a bite-sized question that uh, Marina and I are going to tag team. So Civilian on Discord asks, if Thor was in better shape when he faced Thanos in Endgame, would Tony Stark be alive right now? Boy, oh boy, we are fat shaming fat Thor. Eric! Oh my God. I guess that's what we're doing. That's what they ask. We're going to deliver. We got to ask this question. Did Michelle Obama put this in there? I know she is concerned about our physical... We got to be fit and ready to fight when Thanos comes. I can see why one would ask only because compared to how he used to be, does that make a difference, right? And we can say that for the most part, no, which, you know, is an answer to like, you know, should we be fat shaming? No, because it really does. You can be fit at any size. That's right. So for the most part, Thor's poor physical condition doesn't really hold anyone back when they fight Thanos. Yeah. And if you watch that battle, like he's not really impeding anybody. Um, if anything, he's a smarter fighter in Endgame than That's he right. is in Infinity War. So if you look closely, the first move he makes in the three-on-one fight is a blow to Thanos's head. So he goes for the head, which is what he said he was going to do. Yeah. That's right. He learned the big Mm -hmm. lesson. And Brenda, there's also that moment that uh, Tony calls Thor Lebowski when he's on his (laughs) way, when he's like kind of in his way. Tony's helping Rocket build the Mm -hmm. quantum tunnel. But, you know, I I don't think he slowed him down that much. I think, you know, getting done with that tunnel faster wouldn't have changed anything. When you have a time machine, you can go back to any point. They weren't really in a rush to finish that. Well, also, during the time heist, Thor's drunkenness makes him pretty useless in Asgard, so I'd argue that's more of a thing than being overweight. Um, Rocket does all the heavy lifting, so if Thor had joined Rhodey and Nebula, he might have been able to prevent Nebula from falling into 2014 Thanos' hands, avoiding the final battle altogether, but... If Thor wasn't an Asgard, he wouldn't have gotten a second Mjolnir for Cap to use later. So take your pick. That's true. We needed that. We needed that big yeah. moment. It's like the best moment yeah. of Endgame. So we needed to be there. And then, that, yeah, that brings us to that three-on-one fight that you mm-hmm. mentioned, Marina. There is one moment that we have to call out. Thor does use Stormbreaker to bat Mjolnir at Thanos. And then Thanos kind of uses Iron Man as a human mm-hmm. shield. And that is kind of what briefly KOs Tony. Arguably, if Thor had been less clumsy, that wouldn't have happened. I think Thor could have done that, even if he was in peak physical condition. That doesn't necessarily mean they'd be able to kill Thanos sooner. Thanos was in pretty good shape for that fight. And Thor had pretty bad aim, even when he was ripped. That's what... 
His weight had pretty much nothing to do Being with that. Being clumsy and your size don't really go together. I've been clumsy my entire <laughs> life, even when I was a little Twiggy boy in high twiggy school. Twiggy boy. I was one of those Twiggy boys with a huge horse Adam's apple, oh, you know? Just Eric. like I grew awkwardly and I could not dance. I could not play sports. I was clumsy <laughs> and lazy. And <laughs> I'm sure not all those things. Um, and plus, look at you now. A shining example of uh, handsomeness and charisma. Char- charisma. Uh-huh. Char- Tumbles. Don't worry, guys. I'm really tiny and I can't do anything and I'm not coordinated at all. So um, you could argue that if Thor wasn't so big and drunk that he would have been able to pick up the gauntlet and use it to snap everybody because, you know, Tony told him to sit out because he wasn't in the state to handle it. Uh, But I think uh he was talking about an emotional state because right before that, he makes that speech and he starts like talking about Jane and he really just like has a breakdown. And to me, that's reflective of a mental and emotional state more than a physical state. Yeah, agreed. And that only would have helped Banner's arm from getting fried, but Banner took on that burden himself. He said, I was made for this. Uh, I was made from Gamma, the stones emit Gamma. I should Mm -hmm. do this. I really think Marina, the pivotal moment comes up right before Tony's death. There is a little moment uh, when Thor is having his final tussle with Thanos and Thor briefly stops Thanos from getting the gauntlet. He hits him a few times with Stormbreaker and then he uses Stormbreaker to weigh down Thanos' arm and then he uses Mjolnir to cross it over to really weigh down Mm -hmm. the arm because we know uh, Thanos cannot lift Mjolnir. But this whole time Thanos' left hand is just kind of free. It's just kind of there. He's just kind of like, okay, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use it. And Thanos uses that left hand to bat down Stormbreaker to knock Thor away from him. And I would argue it wasn't Thor. It was Cap. Cap jumps on Thanos' shoulders in that moment, which doesn't, it kind of weighs Thanos down, but doesn't do anything to help. He should have grabbed Thanos' left hand. That is the hand that Cap actually had grabbed before in Infinity War. Cap knew he could hold it back. And if he had held back that hand, that would have given Thor just enough time to plunge Stormbreaker into Thanos' chest and kill him. What the f- Cap? So it's really Cap. It's not Thor, actually, in the Who moment. Who is in such good shape? Can we just take a moment to, to just think and remember uh, what good shape Cap is in? We can just, like, yeah, just... The best shape. Just really take a moment to savor that. <laughs> That's going to shape my dreams. <laughs> Um, uh, Okay, so either way, Eric, while we're dreaming of that later, based on actually Dr. Strange's view of the future, okay, Tony was going to have to make the sacrifice play regardless. That's right. So it was his own unique nanotech armor's ability to discreetly absorb the stones off the gauntlet that eventually led to Thanos' defeat, but that also Mm -hmm. required Tony to give his own life. So Thor's health really had no effect on Tony's destiny because he started Dr. Strange saw that before. So while Thor may be to blame in Infinity War for not going for the head, right. I think he made big strides in Endgame. And doesn't matter what shape he yep. was in, he was still just as fierce a better fighter, one would say, and as clumsy as he always was. Absolutely. And he came to accept himself. Accept yourself. Love yourself. That's right. He came. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, really, it's his attitude that still needs an adjustment. You know, at the end, when he's able to look over and let Peter Quill be the captain mm-hmm. of that ship, that's the captain we need. He's the captain. <laughs> what a hero. What a hero. That's what. All right, Marina, we have time just for one final. Box of scraps!
box of scraps scraps. question. And uh, staying with this theme of the Marvel afterlife, our question is, have you ever felt or experienced a supernatural event that has led you to believe that an afterlife could be real? (laughs) Yeah, I actually have. Um, I'll make it very quick. But um, a long time ago, I used to work for a different company, totally. And the person who was my boss, they had a kid who had passed away. Um, And they introduced me to their kid because they're just like, and I really think this is like healthy and good. They kept their kid really yeah. as part of their life and as part of their the business that I worked for. And everybody that came to the business, they would be like, hey, you know, like we really incorporate this person into the kind of ethos and the culture of our workplace. And in, yeah, yeah cool. in, in a lot of um, like, sorry, non-white cultures are like this where like people pass away, but they keep them around spiritually. But so I was like literally introduced to the kid who had passed away by the dad. And that night, okay, I woke up at three in the morning because if, let's say you're in a a crowded room and someone's staring at you, you can like feel it. I woke up because I had that feeling and I rolled over in my room and there was like a big black, how do you want to say it? Like, even though it's night, it's not pitch black, but whatever ambient light there was, was being sucked into a vortex. Yeah, and that vortex was there, and I was like, (gasps) and I'm like really into like horror ghosts. You guys know this about me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to wish it. I'm not trying to wish it. Right, right. You don't want to scoff at the. I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I was very, Uh I was like, you uh know what? You do you. We are fine. This is cool. Whatever. And as soon, and in Mm -hmm. my brain, I was like, we're cool, dude we're cool. Everything's cool. He like disappeared. And so I ran into work the next day, not putting two and two together. And I was like, Oh my God, this thing happened. It appeared in my room. And my boss was like, uh, that was my kid, obviously. And I was like, Oh my God, of course it was. Cause he was just like checking me out and like seeing who is the new person like working at the company. Wow. I've got chills. Isn't that crazy? Cause he wasn't bad. He was just like so nice. It's just how you interpreted what the other, what the passage to the yeah, other side was. So crazy. Moment. And it is scary. If we, you don't know what it is, it's scary, know, but he, right? But it we doesn't have chill. to be scary. We were chill. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, what about you? I I don't have a personal story. I I have my mom's story, so I'm just going to tell her yeah. version of it. I, I don't want to take this as my mom's story. It has to do with my family, and it gives me chills Ooh. every time she tells it. So I am the um, I am the youngest of five, and my mom, you know, God bless her, she raised all of us. And uh, my, my dad's in the picture, too. I don't want to make it sound like my mom did alone. But my dad was in the Navy. He was on deployment a lot. So my mom, she did kind of have yeah. to, like, you know, be the earth mom and take care of all these kids uh and the first kid she had was my my older sister and my mom was young she was in her early 20s and it was a it was a rough delivery Mm. um my mom was in rough shape and she almost did not make it they had to tell my dad to leave the room uh my mom was losing a lot of blood and uh so my mom was just she just passed they gave her whatever you know just kind of knock her out while they did what they had to do and she had a vivid uh, vision of her ancestors um, applauding <laughs> and welcoming her to the other side. Oh my god! And 
the way my mom, I'm not doing it justice, the way my mom tells this, you, it's just like when someone tells a story of something that really yeah. happened to them with this conviction, yeah. and you're like, yes, this happened to you, this is not bullshit. And they were plotting her, and she felt warm, and she felt at peace, and was just like, okay, I'm ready to go. But she knew in that moment that she could not go with them, mm. that she had her yeah. daughter and her future kids that she need to stay on earth to help take care um, of. So she could not go on and then she woke up and her, um, and there were people there that my mom did not recognize, but just kind of yeah. knew, she sensed that they were related. Yeah. And then she described this experience to her sister who is who's going through a hard time right now. So um, it, it means a lot yeah. to me that, you know, my mom had this connection and she told this to me out of this connection with her sister. And her sister told my mom that was an aunt who died before you were born. She described her to a T. That is someone you know. Oh my God. Uh, or you would never know someone I yeah. knew. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how my mom knew that this was like a real ah! thing that happened. Dude. So when I hear that story, I'm like, yeah, okay, there's something there. There's something on the other side. Also, your mom is a huge badass. She is a major because badass, they, yeah. What, who? Okay, so like she almost died and her ancestor's reaction was to f applaud her. Like they gave her a standing ovation. Yes. Like they were like, you're doing it. You're you're bringing new life into this family. Like good for you. Or just like you're a cool ass person. Like you're yeah. just the best. Like if I die, people are going to be like, you're fine. <laughs> you good. Yeah, but like your mom like yeah. walked into a standing ovation. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, and whenever I watch movies that kind of depict it, the ones that ha that are parallel to that, like uh, like Ghost, yeah, you know, at the end yeah. of Ghost, where Swayze's looking out, and there are all these people who like hug mm -hmm. him and greet him. It's kind of like that's what that's it is. so cool. Like, Your mom's or that's so what cool. it could be, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, I've got chills now. We got to move on. We got ah! we got to wrap this episode. Your mom's up. Black Panther. Your mom's uh, Black Panther. Right? Yeah, that's her ancestral plane. Well, that is it for this episode of Big Question. I feel like we went to some very interesting <laughs> places, and I'm so glad you were here Yay, for it, Marina. Me too. Uh, this is so great to chat with you. Follow Marina at Marina Mass. Astros. Uh, she's going to be on uh, more New Rockstars videos. We're still kind of, you know, we're taking it slow easing because in. you got yep. some, you know, you're still easing your way yep. back in. But be sure to follow her, support her, everything she does. Like all of her tweets. <laughs> follow her, retweet it. Show her some love. You can also follow me at EAVOS, but you don't need to like everything I say. I, most of what I say is just like annoyed clapbacks for people who say, why isn't the video out yet? <laughs> just like, leave me alone. So you don't need to follow me. I don't care. But yeah, be sure to follow New Rockstars. Yeah. There's all kinds of great stuff we got coming out this month and into the new year. You can send us your big questions using the hashtag big question uh, you can subscribe to this podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts leave us a nice rating review if you don't mind and yeah subscribe to new rockstars here on youtube hit that notification bell we will see you next time thank you for watching Thanks, guys. bye bye, bye. stay safe <laughs>